Reviewing some of the context surrounding the indictment last week of former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan, 22 counts, racketeering, bribery, intimidation, and so on. Uh, These are, of course, some pretty serious allegations from federal prosecutors. But are the... uh, the elements that allowed for Madigan to allegedly uh, use politics and state laws to uh, pad his pocket, again, allegedly, a lot more uh, uh, shoes are going to fall in this. But obviously, with the indictment last week, it's uh, pretty significant. Uh, sharing some of the conversation I had uh, on Friday with uh, Elisa Kaplan from Reform for Illinois, and uh, she laid out that there's still some significant things in state statute that uh, Madigan allegedly used for personal gain uh, to to have immense power, and that includes the control over political funds while also being a speaker of the General Assembly House of Representatives. Uh, so some of those things are still in place, and Kaplan lays out uh, how that uh, you know we could we could have all these indictments, but has the has the atmosphere, has the environment that uh, helps foster some of that? Uh, has it actually been addressed? Uh, here she is uh, in some more of the conversation I had uh, last week with uh, Elisa Kaplan. Money was the root of Mike Madigan's power. That's how he created this armor of loyal members around him that insulated him from accountability um, and also, you know, created an environment that was frankly ripe for corruption because no one wants to speak up. No one wants to step out of line because if they do, they might lose funding for their campaign. They might find that a primary opponent is is well-funded by the party. Uh, They might find that they're losing funding for their own offices and staff. Um, which is something else that the party can provide. So there's a number of ways we could strengthen our campaign finance laws to help uh, restore some balance to the distribution of political power and make sure that it doesn't just end up concentrated in the hands of a couple people, uh, which is what happened with Madigan and frankly doesn't show much signs of changing. Now we see uh, Speaker Chris Welch and Senate President Don Harmon uh, raking in millions and millions of dollars, getting around using loopholes to get around contribution limits um, and and distribute that money around. So there is a lot that can be done. We still have a very weak lobbying regulation, weaker than the rest of the country. And what they did last year in their um, ethics package did not change that. We have a revolving door period that's essentially useless. Um, and we're, we're an outlier among states in that respect. Uh, so these are things that are common sense reforms that other states have in place. And um, they could help restructure the system so that uh, to reduce opportunities for something like this to happen again. So again, hearing from somebody who's been advocating for changes to Illinois ethics laws, uh, indicating that uh, we really haven't seen uh, much change to those ethics laws. All right, coming back, we will hear from uh, State Representative Dan Calkins, who took to the House floor last week to lay out uh, some of his overarching concerns about the indictment and what it means for uh, those who are are still there and uh, how we heard from David Parker earlier, corruption 
construction expert, you can do a little bit of pruning, but if the roots are strong and vibrant of a toxic plant, that toxic plant is still going to be around. So we'll hear a little bit more on the other side about that uh, on the WMAY morning.